Good morning. Good morning. It is Tuesday morning. We've missed a couple weeks, uh, but we are, well, just last week. Mm -hmm. we were, the, we're the week before. Stop right now. I want you to uh, listen up real quick and just stay with us for a second. I've got an important thing I want to tell you about. If you're at all interested in church planting at Morningstar Christian Fellowship, I am leading a class on Sunday morning. So basically what you would do is come to the nine o'clock service, worship together, enjoy the time, get some fellowship in between the service. There's certain advantages to this because there's coffee served in between the nine and 11. If you come to the 11, you don't get that coffee. Yeah, and cookies. And cookies. So if you come a little early, after the 10 o'clock, you come to the 9 o'clock service, have your coffee, and then you come up to the youth room with me at 11 o'clock. We're going to be studying through the First Principles book, God's Vision for the Church. So we're doing this to equip people that are specifically involved in sites. So that's Eglinton East, Ajax, uh, South Asian. Port, uh, what, what other, we got the, uh, the Port, STC, Port Union. Port Union, and others that we're going to be developing. So please, I'd like you to consider that doing that. Come join me at 11 a.m. every Sunday morning. There'll be child care for your kids, and we're going to discuss some really important matters in terms of a biblical vision for what the biblical writers value in the health and moving forward mission of the church. Amen. Anyways, that's just quick there. Thanks for listening. Uh, but I'm here with the Grand Poobah, Pastor mm -hmm. Bob McGregor, mm -hmm. our fearless leader. Good morning. And uh, as you know, many of you know that this past week, uh, Pastor Bob announced his resignation from Morningstar after about, what, a decade? Mm -hmm. And so Pastor Bob's just going to say a few words about that. We're so glad you're watching. Yeah, I announced it on Sunday, but this has been something that we've been living with, my wife and I have been living with since March. Um, we've just been talking with another church that is very interested in a lot of the things that we've been doing here. Not that we're doing it perfectly, but at least we get it. And um, I just realized that the Lord has really groomed me and there are needs at that church where I could be very useful. And we hate to leave Morningstar. Um, this, this, I've bragged for years, it's all over Facebook, that this is the best church in our fellowship of churches. <laughs> that, and so now I gotta, I gotta live with this. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a great church, and uh, God is doing mighty things here, and people who are here are growing and they're being excited about ministry, like our, our site planting. Mm -hmm. And um, so, but we're going to be having our last Sunday, uh, the last Sunday of October, after which we'll transition uh, to Kitchener where I'll be the lead pastor at Grandview Baptist Church. Very good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to miss you, bro. I'm going to miss you, too. I don't know mm -hmm. exactly what the future of the podcast is. I'm going to keep doing something. i got to find a, a new partner in crime. And uh, we'll be plugging away, trying to bring you guys stuff <clears throat> that I, I hope this is helpful. We see that there's between 200 and 400 views every time. Uh, but we would love to build that up. We'd love you to like, share, mm -hmm. and help others find out about this if you find it helpful. So we're going to move into the last book of the Old Testament. We are halfway through the entire Bible, really more than halfway through the entire Bible, because the Old Testament takes up a good two-thirds of the Bible. Yep. And uh, we are in the book of Malachi, the Italian prophet. The Italian prophet. Italian prophet. No. Malachi. The prophet and uh, Pastor Bob, 
lead on. Show us where we're going to go with this. <clears throat> well, if you, you probably will recall, Nathan, that there's a constant theme in all the minor prophets. They do sound the same after a while, mm. which, which would be, what, what have you noticed? Repent and believe, yeah. basically. Turn back. Not a lot of repenting, but a lot of talk about repenting. Mm. And a lot of promise about a future when there will be uh, repentance and, yeah. and, and salvation. So the history of God's people is a history of people that are prone to wander. In spite of God's mercy, his love, um, just the way he has embraced the people who were not his people, mm -hmm. married them, uh, it's just it's inconceivable that uh, the people of God would run after uh, false idols. Yeah. Uh, but it happens. And so in Malachi, you've got this final appeal before... John the Baptist, which would be 400 years after the 400 silent years where God's people hear nothing from God, mm -hmm. which is a curse. If, if God wants to curse his people, the, the worst thing he can do is, is not speak to them. And so you've got this 400 period of silence following Malachi, after which John the Baptist comes and introduces the New Testament, a whole new way of relating to God uh, that is that is a blessing uh, in, the, in these latter days. So I, th I thought we would start off in Malachi chapter 3. We can't do the whole book, but basically, uh, in my view, the, the most important part is in uh, chapter 3. So I just want to read a little bit. Yeah, please do. And then uh, we'll get on. <clears throat> For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. I love that. You know, because if God mm. was a changing God... What would he do about a people who constantly run away from him? Yeah, there's definitely something we, we take for granted mm -hmm. sometimes as Christians is this idea that God is not capricious in any way. He does not rule just by virtue of his rule, but he rules because of his character. And he's yeah, unchanging. He's, he's the amazing. same yesterday, today, and forever. There's a lot of songs about that. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, today, forever. Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. And that is so wonderful for us. Because, like I said, if God were a God who changes, he would change his mind about mm -hmm. us. So <laughs> I would change my mind about me. <laughs> so it says, For I, the Lord, do not change, therefore... O children of Jacob, and that's a term used to describe the children of his promise. Mm -hmm. uh, you are not consumed. Good thing, isn't it, that I don't change. Otherwise, you would be consumed because in your sin and waywardness, you have uh, stored up for yourself the wrath of God. So he says, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me. I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Hmm. But you say, how shall we return? It's odd that these people weren't even aware that they had wandered away. They, they had built the temple by now. After the 70 years of exile, they had built the temple. They were doing worship. They were making the sacrifices. And everything seemed good to them. So they says, how, how shall we return? When did we ever leave? Have you ever th thought about your own walk with God and how uh, you were kind of shocked by something where you realized that you've grown cold or you've even wandered away from God, all the while maintaining your church life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, of, of course. I think there's this constant uh, 
teaching really in the New Testament, which is calling God's people away from an identity simply in those cultural markers and toward real faith in God. And, and that's, for all of us, the need to, especially in, I don't know if this, I would say this is especially, it can be in any size church, big church, small church, you can get into showing up, to praying, to doing the right things, and actually taking your value taking your identity in the doing of those things rather than taking your value and identity in your relationship to God. Mm-hmm. And it, it's easy to yeah. short circuit because it looks good on the outside. Mm-hmm. So God's calling good Christians to come back. Yeah. And so they say, well, what, what have we done? Um, by the way, when, it's, when it says, uh, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them, mm-hmm. I just want to make a few comments about that uh, because God does have statutes. You know, or in some versions, it's, you have left my ways. Mm-hmm. There are certain ways that need to mark and distinguish a Christian. And we can leave God by leaving his ways. It's not enough to worship God and to say you love God, but there are uh, lifestyle patterns that should distinguish a Christian. And this, <clears throat> let's just talk about this for mm-hmm. a second, Pastor Bob, because this is tricky. We live in, so when I was in Bible college, you could find books on the bookshelf at Prairie Bible College about why your youth group shouldn't have mixed bathing or go to the bowling alley. And so there was a lot of rules and structures around places where a Christian should be. And maybe some of these were wise and some of them weren't. And it was hard to tell. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we now move into a new era when we've almost thrown away all those ideas. Yeah. Yeah. But now in many ways we're ending up being compromised uh-huh. by the media we consume, <clears throat> by the um, the way we interact in society. How how do we how yeah. do we do this balancing act I, I where think, we we don't approach things legalistically, yeah. but we do are willing to say, yeah, that's not I don't well, do that. Well, we we need to identify the ways of the Lord. Mm. And in the Pauline epistles, Paul does a great job at identifying what are the major paradigms in which the Christian life is lived. And he talks about how we do family, how we do marriage, how we do uh, relationships uh, that are outside of our marriage, how we do mission in life. And so in our church, we, we, we have a booklet series, you're doing one of them, mm-hmm. called The First Principles. These are the, these are the ways of God. And uh, there are convictions that will issue out of that, but there are foundational ways that define how we do life in in our world. And I just mentioned a couple of them uh, on Sunday, like in Matthew 20, verse 26. Okay. Uh, there's this issue of, of how we lead. How do Christians yes. lead? And uh, Jesus said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles have a way. They lord it over them. And their superiors exercise authority over them, Matthew 20, 26. And that's the way of the world. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just take a moment to highlight Pastor Bob McGregor because uh, I don't think he was saying this to serve himself or highlight himself in some way. So I'll highlight him at, at this point. Uh, Pastor Bob, you have been an amazing example to me of someone who is the senior leader. You have, <coughs> you know, obviously on the staff, you're in charge, and yet. Um, I don't think I've ever seen you uh, 
cut somebody down in a staff meeting, cut them off, tell them, nope, that's wrong, stop it now. Uh, even with me, you know, anytime you've corrected me, it has been gently and in private. Uh, Bro, come on. You're making me blush. Uh, I don't care. This is key because <laughs> as we seek to, you know, me be a, a senior leader and, and as others seek to be in those positions, even as we consider who will next lead uh, this church, we're, we think about humble men who put God and his ways before their own agenda or celebrity, which even in something as dumb as as being a celebrity within a, a church that people will seek this Amen. and all of us are tempted toward it so i just want to commend pastor bob grandview's been going to be getting a humble imperfect but humble and and great i didn't i used i used the word <laughs> imperfect in my resignation I, i'm very aware of that so, but there is a way, isn't there, that the world exercises leadership? Yeah, and, and thank we have you. to be conscious in not being in that way. And so Jesus says, "It shall not be this way among you." If you want to return to my statutes, okay, that means in your leadership in the home, or if you're a boss, or if you're a church leader, um, this is the way it is with you. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you mm. must be your slave. Amen. So yeah. when, when Malachi, when God says to his people, come back to my statutes, it's not just theological ideas. It's practical things like change the way you exercise leadership. And then in, um, in Matthew 5, verse 43, you've got a similar contrast when, that helps us understand what it means to come back to the statutes. He says, you have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Matthew 5, 43. Mm -hmm. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them who despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. So, in other words, you will prove that you really are a child of God if you embrace this certain way about you. When you deal with your enemies, you don't punch them out and, or make excuses why you are allowed to hate them but you love them. So I just wanted to put a little meat on that phrase when Malachi, when God says, uh, you have turned aside from my statutes. I think today that means there are Christians who have turned aside from these basic uh, paradigms or commandments that should define the Christian life. They're religious, but they've departed from God. Is, would there be a particular thing that you could identify that maybe even you see within Morningstar that like that would be something we should be on the watch for just in how we have maybe departed from God's statutes in one way or the other? You mean in the church community? Yeah. Well, maybe that's what we can, if we just read on, we're going to talk about money. Okay. Um, but you say, how shall we return? It says, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? Mm. You're cursed with a curse. You're robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring in the full tithe, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to test, says the Lord of hosts. So one of the ways that we return to God, and here at Morningstar, too, we're a little bit behind in our givings. 
Um, He's so gentle. Typically, well, I've seen this before, and and usually about now I start pointing it out. Yeah, and I mean it's always we comes end in the through. black. We yeah, end in the black. So I'm not worried about it. I, I'm not sure if it's people that are forgetful or if they just give differently. Um, but the point being made here is that here are people who need to return to God, and one of the ways that God will know that they've returned to Him mm-hmm. is if it. Is, is financially. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that this is a legalistic thing, but everybody knows um, what it means to be generous, and we know when we're not generous. We know when we're just giving a tip, we know when we're making a serious investment. And I, I think that the idea of a tenth is a, is a good uh, starting place. Starting place. <laughs> it's, it's, it, if you do that, I think you'll be doing well. But whatever it is, it's something you have to do faithfully before the Lord, and it's a measure, I believe, of your love and of the Lordship of Christ, because money wants to be our Lord and Master. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we can, on a regular basis, say, no, it's not. This envelope is a symbol of my, uh, of my power over this so-called God. I control it, it doesn't control me, and I say it goes to God. Just a confession, and, and partially as a means of maybe helping you think through these things. Uh, for myself, when when my birth, I'm a I'm a vain man. Okay, it just it's the truth. I, I try and overcome it. But when my birthday is a month out, I'm thinking, what am I going to get for my birthday? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a little money. Um, when Christmas is like three months out, I might start thinking, what am I going to get for Christmas? <laughs> uh, and do how often do we think, what can I give to the Lord? Mm-hmm. What can, uh, Romans 12 verse 10 talks about outdoing one another and showing honor. And in your giving, are you seeking to outdo one another and showing honor? Uh, mm-hmm. rather than just like, oh, you know what? My mm-hmm. wife, uh, she made out that check. It's 10%. That's good. We're, we're covered. <laughs> Is it just uh, covering a base like the the Jews were doing in this day where they were doing the religious thing, but their heart wasn't engaged? Or is it a real opportunity for worship? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and these people, they were, they were doing everything. They were, they were tithing, but it just wasn't the full tithe. They were sacrificing, which was a big part of their obedience to God, but they were mm-hmm. sacrificing animals that would have died anyway. They got cancer, they're blind, they got, they're lame. And so God gets that. Well, and that was exactly what God said not to do mm-hmm. in the law. Mm-hmm. But they figured God is kind, he's merciful, let's be practical. Um, this is good enough for God. And God is basically saying, no, this is a sign that you have left mm-hmm. me. And I want you to return to me. I want to be um, the love of your life, the priority in mm. your life, and that that will affect your 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 spending. So return to me in those ways. Um, and then finally, in verse fourteen, there's a uh, a reference here. It says, "You have said it is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our keeping His charge, or of?" walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts. So there's something about these people that God says, return to me, that they weren't really excited about serving him. And returning to God is going to have something to do with returning to a place of service. 
Sorry about the interruption. We are just, uh, we had a card problem and we're going to be back into it. So there might be a little bit of a discontinuity in what was just being said. But here we go. We're going to get on to question number four, which was what kind of work are you doing for God? The reason why we're talking about that is because returning to God means changing the attitude that you have about serving him. You mm -hmm. no longer think it's vain and a waste of time. Mm. That's what it says. You have said it's vain to serve God. What, what is the profit of our keeping his charge or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? So your life would be a lot easier if, if you didn't orient it around the church, if you weren't spending, you know, some people in our church spend five, eight, ten hours a week doing church stuff. You know, and their unsaved neighbors think they're ridiculous. What are you doing all that for? What a waste. How, how is that going to increase your personal wealth? You know, and sometimes uh, you're tempted to think, well, why am I doing this? I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. What's the point of this? I'm weary. And so God is saying, don't think that way about serving me. There is great reward for those who uh, labor for the sake of the kingdom. So the question is... Um, how are we doing in our serving of God? What, what kind of work are you doing? Do you have to return in this area of your life and find a, a, a place of service for the Lord? Yeah, before we dive into that, I just want, if you're watching, man, this is a, a unique opportunity for you because when we talk about serving and Ephesians, uh, I'm, I may be going to too convoluted right now, but listen. Your job as a member of the church is to be in full-time ministry. Full-time ministry is not something for paid staff. Full-time ministry is a life of service. Ephesians 4 says that the job of the pastors and elders, evangelists, prophets, is to equip the church for the work of the ministry. So when we talk about this work right now, I just want you to, to be thinking, am I even, because a lot of people, I know you, you come to church, you're, you hear the preaching, but there's actually no work of the ministry in your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you leave it to us, and uh, that's not our job. My job is to help you, equip you to do the work of the ministry. So, little rant, but, but I think this will serve you if you actually take this point and think, what work of the ministry am I going to pour my life into? Yeah, and we're talking more than just your life as an aroma of Christ in, in how you teach your, your, yeah, your high sure. school class and how you uh, work on the plant. I mean, that's a life of ministry just by adorning the gospel. But we're, we're talking here about... Taking up tasks. Yeah, taking up tasks that help the family families, the mm -hmm. church. This is a very busy church. It's a household. Any household um, has children in it who have chores. Yes. And it all makes it work. And so uh, you need to ask yourself... How am I contributing to the overall progress of uh, your your church? If you're in Morningstar, in Morningstar, and you may say, "Well, my my day is gone. I'm I'm disabled. I'm elderly. Uh, what can I do?" Well, we think of uh, I think it was Charles Spurgeon's wife who would send signed copies of his books, or was it letters? I don't remember exactly. But she was, she was fairly infirm. She wasn't really healthy. But she spent her time sending things out to people and serving in a way that she could, Amen. even though she wasn't available to, you know, be hold, hosting ladies' teas. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and so even if you are infirmed, there are ways you can serve others. And just getting your life oriented in a way that you're thinking, who am I serving? Other than just those who, because remember, serving your friends and family, anyone can do that. Even, even the unbelievers do that. And, and these are good things. But serving others who don't deserve to be served by you, that's, that's, that's a God thing. Or others who are your brothers and sisters in Christ. What better way to make that real yes. than to serve your spiritual brothers? That's what I was talking about. Amen. So, and you may be a prayer person. You can't get out, but you can pray. We've got a guy who is a member of our church who can't leave his apartment. He mm. watches our services on streaming. Um, he, he gives on his envelope. He doesn't use push pay yet. But he gives, and he's part of us as much as he possibly can. And that's why I just think everybody needs to just weigh in on this and say, am I contributing to the progress of the gospel at Morningstar? And if you want to know more, give us a call, and we'll help you settle into a ministry uh, niche that is suitable for you. Yeah, and this is the, the kind of people that we're looking for when it comes to site planting is people who know that it's going to be extra work for a season. It's going to be taking up more than just attendance. It's not going to be just a place to be fed. It's going to be a place for you to actively feed others. And really, uh, and you know what the, the most amazing thing is? Uh, your faith will never be more alive than the amount you're pouring it out into the life of others. Mm -hmm. It's at that point that we really see the miraculous power of the gospel. So I want to invite you into that. I want to be more in that than I even you know, am. On Sunday, we had a lady, a professional lady, who got in the baptistry and gave a public testimony uh, that as a, as a so-called Christian, um, her walk had become more and more worldly, and mm. she knew it. And, and she just came to a crisis in her life where she says, no, I need to come back to God. And that needs to manifest itself in the things that I value, the way I spend my money, the way I spend my time. And uh, just a very emotional and articulate testimony that she gave uh, as to what it meant for her to come back to that place where she really did love God. And uh, so it's just God is doing things in our church, and it's wonderful. Uh, one more verse, we can look at it. Uh, Malachi then kind of looks to the future like all these prophets do. Um, and then he, he makes this interesting statement. But as for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its mm. wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. You shall tread down the wicked, and they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. You know, I think when you read the Bible properly, uh, with Jesus at the center, you can't miss that this is talking about Jesus. Mm. Uh, the sun of righteousness that rises with healing in its wings, healing for the nations. And I think Jesus is the great healer. And people who are uh, anxious about their lives, some are suicidal, they've got no meaning, they have existential pain that is driving them crazy. Mm -hmm. um, there is peace when they come to Jesus uh, who forgives their iniquity who gives them that, that, that relationship that they're seeking. Uh, they come to Jesus and they are healed. And so we, we want, and that day is coming, future, but it's also here now because Jesus has risen from the dead. He does offer healing. And your greatest uh, pathology today is not cancer or AIDS or whatever. 
the greatest pathology that you have is that you are sinful, you are separated from God, mm -hmm. and that is a far greater pain. The Bible says that we can endure. There's a proverb that says we can endure sickness, but a wounded spirit, who can endure that? When you are aware of your, your sin, uh, the terror of standing before a holy God and being condemned, that's an unbearable thing. Um, but there's forgiveness, there's healing Amen. with Jesus Christ. And we want to invite you to come out of that mess, that agony of your soul, and allow Jesus to apply uh, his healing uh, mercy to your life, give you new hope, a new nature, and the assurance of everlasting life. Amen. That's what we're about. That is what we're about. We're about Jesus. So repent and believe. That sounds like a negative statement, but it's the releasing of your sin to God turning away from it and accepting his grace. You can do that right now. Uh, I pray if you need help understanding what that means, you're watching this, you're not a part of Morningstar, shoot us an email at info at morningstarfellowship.ca. We would love to hear from you or check us out on our website, morningstarfellowship.ca. Thanks so much for watching today. We've got Pastor Bob at least to the end of October. Mm -hmm. We're close to that. And uh, we would like you to keep joining us for this excellent, hopefully excellent teaching uh, every week. And drop in on Sunday. Visit us at 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock here at 7601 Shepherd Avenue East. Or we have our, our Tapscott site with Pastor Dennis. Uh, you can find that information on our website. Excellent. Have a great week. Okay, bye-bye.